Thank you for listening to the Ebenezer Speaks podcast of the historic Ebenezer AME Church in Detroit, Michigan, where the Reverend Dr. McCarl D. Thomas Sr. is the senior pastor. Located in the heart of the Motor City, we are a family where love makes the difference in our worship, in our community, and hopefully within you. More information on our programs and services found on our website at www.historicebenezerameDetroit.org. Thank you for joining our podcast. Let us pray, Father. I stretch my hands to thee, no other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, or whither shall I go? Thank you for your goodness, your love, your protection, your grace, and your mercy, almighty God. But now we have come and gathered in the holy place to hear a word from the Lord. I pray that you will take charge of this, your servant, Speak through me, watch over me, stand by me, wrap your arms of protection around me, and then be with your children who are here and a part of the live stream. Please open their ears that they might hear. And everything that is done on this day, we want to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And it is in Jesus' name, let the people of God say amen. Uh, The book of James of the New Testament, the first chapter, the 22nd to the 25th verse, we find these words. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. I want you to listen to the subject now. It's a little long and it might sound a little elaborate, but you will get the message before you leave here on today. Knowledge without practice leads to annihilation. Now I'm gonna read it again and break. Knowledge without practice leads to annihilation. What I'm saying is you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't practice it, if you don't live it, it will lead to the demolishment of a society and the non-advancement of a people. We must understand now that there were several men in the New Testament whose name was James. But the James who is the author of this book was the half-brother of Jesus. In other words, after Mary had given birth to Jesus through the process of immaculate conception as we believe as Christians, then she went on and had other children with her earthly husband 
whose name was Joseph. As a part of that other group of children, there was one there by the name of James. But there's something that you must understand now. James, in writing this book, he does not identify himself as the half-brother of Jesus, but he calls himself a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, James himself identified Jesus Christ as his Lord. But hold on. James was not always at that point. When you look at the family of Jesus, Jesus being the oldest child, and when Jesus declared that he had a special assignment, and when he told his mother and father that he must be about his father's business, his father in glory, they were amazed. He was 12 years old but they knew that there was something unusual about his countenance, and they believed that God had a special mission for him. But can you imagine being 12 years of age, and you have younger sisters and brothers, and you tell them you're on a mission for God? They look at you like you're crazy. They laugh, they tease you, and they make fun of you. But when God has laid his hands on you and you know that God has laid his hands on you, then you must not allow anybody at any time to deter you from the will of God. Now what's amazing that in the Old Testament, there's another story here. Jesus is the oldest child, but there was a man by the name of Jacob and his youngest child was Joseph. That was the one that the oldest siblings detested. They called him the dreamer, and they did not like him because they knew he was the favorite child of Jacob. But now here, as we read this story, we must understand that Jesus started his earthly ministry at the age of 30. But out of the original 12 people, he chose to follow him and to engage in ministry with him. Not one of them was his half-brother. Why? Because many times when you have a special mission, the people closest to you are the ones who won't believe you, are the ones who won't trust you, and in some cases are the very ones who won't support you. But now, when we read the writing of this grown, mature James, we find a James who came to his senses after the resurrection of his half-brother, Jesus Christ. And as he began to see the followers of Jesus, and as he began to see how lives were being changed, James realized that there was something to his half-brother. And I don't like to use the term half-brother. I'm going to say there was something to his brother by the name of James. How many people did you laugh at when you were young and you thought they were crazy? But as you got older and saw the kind of work they were doing and how they matured, 
you realize how much of a fool you had been and how there was really something to this person. And so now, James, we find in this writing, James is the head of the Jerusalem Council. And when he writes this book, he's trying to offer some realistic, practical information that can help Christians be better Christians. And what he is saying now, to be a hearer of the word and never do anything based upon what you know and what you have heard means nothing. You must not only be a hearer of the word, but you must also be a doer of the word. How many of us, we've heard the word a long time, we've listened to sermons for a long time, but yet how many of us actually digest what we have heard and we implement it by being doers of the word? I contend that knowledge without practice leads to annihilation. And another way that James said it, faith without works is dead. You can talk about and sing all you want to. Oh, how I love Jesus. You can sing what a friend we have in Jesus. You can sing blessed assurance. You can sing my hope is built. You can sing what a mighty God we serve. But if your actions are not correlated with your verbiage, it means nothing. I contend today that we have too many people who have just been hearers of the word, but it has not caused them to act in any positive way. First thing you need to understand is that if you don't practice or utilize your knowledge, you will lose the effectiveness of that knowledge or the knowledge altogether. That means this, if God has blessed you to know what you ought to be doing, to know what you're supposed to be doing, to know what you should be doing, and yet you refuse to do anything, something is wrong. And that knowledge and those special gifts that you might have will be taken away from you. Now, since I've been preaching, I've heard all of my life, what's the word, pastor? I want a word, church. Okay, that's good. Baby, do you tithe? That's the word. Oh, 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 oh. well, Reverend, Reverend, you know, I have a house note and uh, my, my grandchildren. No, 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 no. You telling me you want the word. Do you have unconditional love? Or are you walking around with dislike and hatred for even folks in the church who sit on the same pew where you sit? Well, we're past, you know, some folks just get them. I oh, no, you want the word. The word is unconditional love. Do you forgive if somebody messed over you or you perceive that? But no, I just can't forget what was done. Well, that's the word. I am sick and tired of folks coming to me talking about the word but they're hearers of the word only and not doers. Secondly, you got to understand today that hearing the word is not enough. 
When I tried to be a substitute teacher in Atlanta, Georgia, when I was in seminary, and when I graduated, I promised the Lord and 20 other folks that that was not for me. <laughs> I would be in the classroom, and students know you're, you're a substitute teacher. And I would try to stand before the class, say, okay, now please, may I have your attention? Get your textbooks, please, and open up. They all heard what I said. I was not speaking a foreign language, but half of the class were not doers of the word at all. They just heard me. At the end of that day, I was about wreck, ring around my collar, perspiration coming down my forehead, and I said, Lord, there must be another way. Hearing is not enough. Right now, there are people who've gone to court a multiple of times. The judge has issued an order. They heard the order, and the judge would say, do you understand me? And they would say yes. But within less than a month, the people make the same mistake all over again. Hearing is not enough. I pray today that as you come to church, as you read the Bible, and as you study on your own, and as you commune and communicate with the Lord on your own, and you can hear the Lord when he's talking to you now. Don't, don't, don't fool yourself. He speaks to all of us. He might speak in different ways, but he speaks to us. And if we truly know that we are hearing from God, it is time for us to make sure that we start being doers of the word. Love thy neighbor as thyself. It's time for us to be doers of the word. Now, my brothers and sisters, James is saying to us that you can go through all of the rituals in the church. You can know the Decalogue. You can say the general confession on the first Sunday. You can know the Lord's Prayer by heart. You can know the 23rd Psalm. You can know the Beatitude. That's all right. That means that you have the knowledge you are aware and you have heard. But until that knowledge is transformed to action, it means nothing at all. How is it that we have all of these churches, but yet crime rates are still high? I contend it's because we have too many hearers and not doers of the word. There have been times people have gone to the revival, say, child, what did the preacher preach? Oh, I don't know, I heard him, and all I know is sound good. But I don't know what he said. We must move beyond that now because the United States of America is at a critical point. Right now in France, it's in a critical state because of a young man who was killed right now as you deal with Ukraine and Russia, right now as you deal with the Sudan, when you look all over this world. There have been too many folks who just want to hear, but they don't want to do. But if you can just go and try to do your best and help somebody, it will make all the difference in the world. There was a young man, received his PhD degree at 26 years of age from Boston University, had gone to Montgomery, Alabama, 
after it not been called to a church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, at the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, this young man was a true scholar, PhD in systematic theology. He went there to be a preacher, Benjamin Elijah Mays in Morehouse College, wanted him to follow him as the next president. But then there was a black woman, Rosa Parks, seamstress, worked within the OFCP, who had refused to give up a seat. You know the story, she was not the first one, but she was the ideal case. And here was this gifted black preacher, found himself in the midst of a bus boycott. And there were middle-class black folks in Montgomery who had some good state jobs, and they knew a few good white folks and did not want him to get involved in the movement because it was going to mess up their connections and their security. But this young black preacher, born in Atlanta, Georgia, recognized that he could not just be a hearer of God's word, but he had to be a doer. And when you've been a hearer of God's word and your robe has really been washed in the blood of the lamb, you can't help but to become a doer of God's word. This young black preacher began to understand that if God is our father, God is our father of everybody. And that means he's our heavenly father and we are his children. And God's children must have some basic rights. Those rights for being a child of God was not based upon the color of your skin, for we all human beings. And so then he realized that he had to march because he heard a prophet by the name of Amos declare one day, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Martin said, I can't just be a hear of the word. I'm going to be a doer of the word, and I'm going to march. I'm going to march. I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead until I can see justice coming down from glory. And when you have been touched by God and you realize that you no longer can mark time, but you must become a doer, that's what happens to that dedicated school teacher. You just can't go into that classroom and as soon as the bell rings, you pack up your books and you leave. But when you see a struggling Johnny and a struggling Mary, the word tells you that you must go the extra mile to try to help them so that they can become better students. When you are working and you see some people who are less fortunate than you, you just can't go home to your comfortable home or get in your comfortable automobile, but you've got to try to lend a helping hand so that they too can get on their feet. That means that you just don't hear the word, but you're gonna do the word as well. I come before you today, Ebenezer, praying and begging that we move from being just hearers of the word, but we become doers as well. Don't try to impress me or other folks with your intellect about how much you know, but what are you willing to do? I was a student in seminary. There I was approached by a couple young men. It said that the Old Testament professor, who was Brother Branch, G. Murray Branch, who had followed Dexter Avenue Baptist Church after Martin had left the church, they said that the professor wants you 
to be a tutor of Old Testament. Not me. Not me. No, 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 no. I, I don't have the time for that, man. And I'm not doing all that reading. I mean, I'm just getting a B. They say, yeah, you just getting a B because that's all you want. But we know that you have the ability, you have the talent, and we want you to be a tutor. When I went to my dorm that evening, somehow God began to work with me. I tossed and turned all night. Something said to me, if God has blessed you with the ability to acquire knowledge, you got to share it. And if you can help somebody better understand this material and this subject matter, then you must not be so busy and arrogant that you cannot use your skills. You must not just be a hear of the word, but a doer. That was a few months later, Dr. Cecil Wayne Cone, my dean, came, said, McCall, we need you to teach in continued education. I'm not saying this to brag, but I didn't want to take the time. I wanted to be able to have a little fun after class. And here were preachers who did not have an opportunity, some to even graduate from high school, but they were coming to the campus there in Atlanta. These were older men, and they were coming to try to get some better knowledge. And so I decided that I could not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And I began to teach these older men, and I could not help but to see my father, who did not have a chance for much education. I want you to know it was about five years later I was invited back to the seminary to deliver a message. As I had my robe and was getting ready to walk into the chapel, there were two cars that pulled up, and these were older men. A couple of them had walking sticks. They were bent over and barely could put one foot in front of the other one. But one of them said, oh, prof, we had to come here because you were the one who took the time to help us learn when some wouldn't do it. Tears formed in my eyes, and I had to go in the bathroom and cry before I preached because I was a doer of the word and not just a hearer. I had made the difference in the lives of these old men. I want to know this morning, how many lives will you touch? What kind of difference will you make for humanity as a whole if you become a doer of the word and not just a hearer? Yeah, yeah. So then I want you to understand now, in the Sunday school class, they quoted a passage of scripture where it says that obedience is better than sacrifice. What that was touching upon was the fact that in the Old Testament, you had all kinds of offerings. You had burnt offerings. You had sin offerings. You had guilt offerings. And people had the habit of going to the temple and they could make the sacrifices. They would have the unblemished animal and they felt that that was enough. But I want you to know that God said, no, I'm tired of just your sacrifices. You're not listening to me. You're not being obedient to me. You're not trying to be a good servant. You just want to carry out that which you learn from your parents and you're doing it out of habit. Are you in church today out of habit? Are you sitting and listening to the message out of habit? Or will you leave here and make up in your mind that you're going to do something to help somebody somewhere to improve and make a difference in this world? 
And so then, I don't know about you today, but God knows we've had too many politicians who are hearers and not doers. We've had too many preachers who've been hearers and not doers. We've had too many officers who've been hearers and not doers. But when you come to me, talk about the word church, talk about you want to carry out the will of God. And when you read in the book of James about to the 12 tribes, that means to all of the children of Israel, because many of them had been dispersed and they were in other locations. But James wanted them to know, I don't care where you're living now, I'm talking to all of you. You need to be not only hearers, but doers. And in biblical times, when there was a teacher and the student attempts to hear what the teacher is saying and to do what the teacher is saying, that student was known as a disciple. That's what Jesus wants us to be. If we truly going to be his disciple, then we must hear his word. And we must also do his word. Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to the Ebenezer Speaks podcast of the historic Ebenezer African Methodist Episcopal Church in Detroit, where the Reverend Dr. McCarl D. Thomas Sr. is the senior pastor. Join us for our live stream worship services. You can access the live stream and also follow us on our social media. Information on our programs and services, go to our website at www.historicebenezerameDetroit.org. Love makes the difference.